Whether an Eved is considered karka, we discuss borrowing someone's Eved while they're on break, we discuss stealing a boat, we discuss avoid currency, that if the guy is going to end up going to the place where that currency is valid, then that is enough. We begin with a bride that tells us that if someone does a Kenyan Khalipin, I'll switch my cow for your donkey, and then the cow gives birth. Or if someone sells his shifcha and she gives now each party is hiding that this birth what happened while it was in their reserves, either before or after the swap was done. So if one of them tainas that it was in my reserves, another one is quiet. And the one who makes the claim wins. If one of them says, I don't know, and the other one says, I don't know, they split it. If one of the parties say, it was in my rishos, and the other one claims that it's in his, they both claim it was in their rishos. Then the seller swears, so he swears that it was, in, that it was born while it was still in his rishos, because according to Rev. Mayer, and I think with the rice, they have to swear if, if you're going to make him pay. That if the guy swears, then he's off the hook. Now, mayor holds that Avodim are not karka. The Chachomim say, no, there's not going to be any shvu here because we don't swear on Avodim or karka. Now this is, if you recall, the second Baraisa that Rava has that tells us that Rav Meir holds that Eved and, and Eved doesn't count as Karka. This second Baraisa is the reason that Rava switched our Mishnah instead of switching the Baraisas because he had two Baraisas telling us that this was Rav Meir's Shita and not that Eved is like a Karka. So now the Gemara just challenges Rav. Says, Does Rav really hold that Eved counts as Karka? We have Rav Daniel Barat Katino Omar Rav. In the name of Rav, he says that if someone were to grab someone else's Eved, he borrows him without permission, and he, he uses Eved for Malacha, he's Pacha to pay back. Aye, but if an Eved is like Karka, why would it be Pacher? It remained in the original owner's property, just like a field would have, and you should be chayev. There was no kinyan on the Eved while he had it. So the Gemara says, no, here we're talking about where it was not Shaz Malacha. The Baal, the owner of the Eved, the actual owner, didn't need the Eved at that time. So we have a, a case of Zenyan of Chaser. And this brings us over to... We had a Gemara, we had a Chafal Fahmer Aleph, that Rabbi Alba sent Murray Bar Mar to Rev Huna, asking if someone is living in someone else's hearts without permission. A squatter, the guy doesn't know. Does he have to pay for it or not? The response was, he does not have to pay rent. The Gemara says, hold on a second, how could you compare stealing someone's Eved and living in someone's backyard without him knowing? Over there, everyone agrees that a house is something which is benefited by having someone living in it. It's good to have someone living in it. There's a hanah to the owner by having someone living in his house. Or alternatively, uh, just having someone there keeps away the shade. Pasuk says, uh, So it's good to have someone there. Over here, the owner has no hanah on having his Evid being used, does he? The Gemara says, actually, he does. Because he doesn't want his Evid becoming lazy, getting used to not working. So that when someone took him while he was on break and uh, lazying out and used him for, for uh, 
Malacha, the actual owner does get a uh, minute Hana, just like the owner of the house gets his desk, that minute Hana of having someone squatting in his house. Next, we have Beirav Papa, He used to go and take other people's avadim who owed him money, and he would use these avadim for his malacha. So Rabba, his son, says, Hold one second, well, well, Tati, why are you taking people's avadim? So he says, well, Rabbi Nachman says that uh, an, an evid is not even worth the bread that he's eating, which means I'm not really taking much. So he says, hold on a second. Menachemon was saying that about his evid, specifically, he had an evid named Daru. He used to go dance in the bars at night to make a buck. But that was a, a particularly, you know, not geschmack evid. But all their avodim, you can't just take people's avodim. Their, their, their time and effort, and they're good people. They're like, they can actually be supplying value while you take them away. So Rebbeisif explains, no, I go like Rav Daniel, and Rav Daniel, Barav Katino, Marav says that if someone takes someone else's Evid and uses him for Malacha, he's Potter. Why? So that's because I'm making it that his Evid doesn't become lazy. So he says, okay, that's true, but that only applies to someone who doesn't owe you money. The fact that these people owe you money and you're using their avodim looks like ribis. Not actual ribis, mixzik ribis. Like ribis, if I mean, I mean, Nachman says, so give ribis. That even though we let, we, we say that you don't have to pay for squatting in someone else's house, but if that guy owes me money, then I have to pay him. Otherwise, it looks like ribis. So Rebis, as Taka said, uh, you're right, I back down, you make a good point, thank you. Moving on, the Gemara says that if someone were to steal someone else's boat, and you know, he takes it for a whole yacht trip, he uses it for his malacha. So Rav says, if, he, if the owner wants rental time for it, he can take that. If he wants to charge him for the devaluation of his boat, he can charge him for that too, or either one. So Shmuel says, no, he's only allowed to take the depreciation because Shmuel understands that this is a gazela. Now, we have uh, two options with the Machlekas over here. So Papa says, they're not even arguing. One's talking about where the guy normally rents out his boat, and the other one says the guy never rents it out, so he's just going to be paying the, de- paying the depreciation. Alternatively, the Gemara says that they're both talking about where this is a boat which the guy does normally rent out. It's all dependent on whether this guy had in mind to be stealing it when he took the boat out for a spin, or if he had in mind to be renting it. If he had in mind to rent it, he pays rent. If he had in mind to steal it, he has to pay for the depreciation of the value of the boat. Moving on, the Gemara brings goes back to the Mishnah that was talking that was talking about someone who steals a coin if it cracks. He has to pay for it, but if there was a hezek chain in Nikar, which means uh, something like the government stops recognizing this currency, in that case, the guy does not have to pay. He could just give back this now valueless coin. Uh, Puna understands that nistak means literally cracking it, and nifsal means that the government made it void, doesn't recognize this currency. Rabbi Huda, he says that pasaltoi, when it becomes possible, when the government makes it possible and, and does not recognize this currency anymore, that is cracking it. 
Paisla, he says, is a specific case where this currency is not worth anything here. It's still worth something in another Medina. So Chista tells her, Huna, according to you, you're saying that Nifsal means that this government made it no. When it comes to fruits, vegetables, that someone steals. So we learned that if someone steals, then it goes rotten. Or if he steals wine, and it goes sour. We said that you pay the value of what it was worth at the time that you stole it. The chayrit should be the same thing as when the government now makes it valueless. It's like it rotted. And so he answers, no, 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 it's different. Because over here, you can actually, you know, it tastes and it smells different. By the coin, it's the exact same coin that you stole. It's just the government made this new policy, which makes it that nobody accepts it anymore. Now, Rabbi tells her, Yehuda, what about you? You say... That when the government uh, changes the currency, that counts as it being cracked. When it comes to truma, that someone is matame, that should also be like you, what your case of the government nullifying it. And over there we say you pay the value of what you stole, and you can't just give it back the way it is. So the government answers. By truma, it looks like exactly the same thing. Now by the coin, technically it looks the same, but everyone knows that this is no longer valid currency. So you could say that that is minkar hezeka. Moving on, the Gemara says that if someone lends his friend money, and he says a specific amount in a certain currency, and then that currency is shot down by the government, it's no longer recognized. So Rav says, he has to pay him back in the now current currency. But Shmuel says he can pay him back with the old coins that they had originally decided on. Now, if Nachman says that Shmuel he's saying that you can pay back with the old coins when this guy is going to be taking these coins to a country that does accept it. But if this guy's never going to be going to a place where this money is acceptable anymore, then he can't pay back his loan with it. That's of an Achman Shita, though. And you're going to be taking the coins somewhere. When the guy who you owe money to is going to be going to the place where this money is worth something, you can pay him back in this currency. So now Rav asks of Nachman, we learn that you can't take your Maestro Shani and, and make it chal, transfer it onto money that isn't current currency, accepted currency. For example, if someone has these coins of Kuzbiois, Yushalmiois, Rashi suggests that one sheet that it might be from the Bakuchva revolt. Now it's worth a lot, but you know, at a certain point, the government shut that, shut that down. Uh, or this old Malchios. So that doesn't work. Your Maestro Shani is still Kaddish. It doesn't transfer to the money. However, if you transfer it onto some other currency or a currency which some other country does accept, that would be good. Rabbi Ahmed says that that's only the case when the different countries aren't mocked on each other. But when they are, then you're not going to be able to get the money to the place where it's actually worth something. So they ask again, one second, if Shmuel is saying that you could pay back with this now void currency here, how are you going to get it into this other country if they're mocked on each other? So he says, look, this guy who you owe the money might be able to get into the other country. Maybe they won't search him when he comes in. And even if they do, only then will they be mocked and, and you know, confiscate this currency. Next, the Gemara learns that you can't be mechalel, on money of Eretz Israel on Babylonian money. And then Babylonian can't do with Eretz Israel money. But on Babylonian, they could, do, they could use Babylonian currency. The Gemara says, hold on. What do we see from here? 
that you can't be mechalel, your miser sheni, on Israeli money that's in Bavel, even though the money is going to make it back to Eretz Israel. Rabbi Nachman, you said that if the money is going to be going to a place where it's accepted, then it's valid. It works. You can use it for Meisr Shani. The Gemara says, no, they were talking about a case where Bavel and Eretz Israel or the countries in the middle, they're mockbid on this currency. They're not going to let it in. It's, you're not going to make it to the oasis where they would accept this currency. Hold on a second, says the Gemara, if that's true, what are they going to do with Babylonian money in Babel? Well, they could buy animals in Babel and bring that animal to Yerushalayim. This is one with opinion that says that you're allowed to import uh, livestock into Eretz Israel. Raisa uh, that says that they made this whole takono that Eretz Israel accepts all money from everywhere always. Sir Bezerra says it's not a kasha. That's only when it, when when Kali Israel was in charge of the whole world. We had a say in what currencies were able to go where. But now, in the, ready in the times of the Gemara, when the nations of the world have the stronghold over there, we can't decide which currencies are allowed to be used everywhere, and you're only allowed to be able to use currencies which, according to Rav Nachman, are at least going to make it to a place where they are of value. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.